Hey sci-fi fans, this is Michael Welch from the Twilight Films and the upcoming sci-fi series Z Nation, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Hello, Sci-Fi Diner listeners. Well, Scott picked up a space virus, probably from one of the many aliens we met at Shore Leaf a couple weeks ago, and it's given him a nasty science infection. Also, Am has been out of town this week, so we're sorry we can't give you a full show. However, next time we can record, we want to give you our full thoughts on Shore Leaf and tell you what a great time we had. But for now, we want to give you something. So we're going to give you one of the awesome interviews we had with one of the great guests we were able to talk with, and that was with Mr. Michael Welch, probably best known for his role in the Twilight movies. However, he's been acting since he was a young boy, and Star Trek fans will recognize him playing Artem in Star Trek Insurrection. And Stargate fans will recognize him in one of my favorite episodes, playing a young Jack O'Neill clone. Now, we all at the diner like to dog the Twilight movies. However, I must say, he has a huge following of young female fans, and maybe not so young female fans, at his table for autographs and pictures. So I guess it can't be all bad. If you get a chance to meet Michael at a con, make sure you say hi. He's a very nice guy and has time for the fans. And if you love zombies, then you need to check out his new show that's going to be out September the 12th on the Sci-Fi channel, Z-Town. Em and I had a chance to talk with uh, Michael, and I hope you all enjoy this interview. Mr. Michael Welch, probably best known for his work in the very successful Twilight movies, playing the character of Michael Newton, as well as having a long list of credits in some of the most popular and Emmy-winning shows in the 90s and 2000s. Sci-fi fans know and love him best from Star Trek Insurrection playing uh, Artem, and Stargate SG-1 Season 7's Fragile Balance playing a young Jack O'Neill clone. Mr. Welch, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, guys. It's great to talk to you. You've done a lot of TV in the last couple of years. You've been in some very successful Twilight movies. As an actor who who uh, is like being on a set of a movie, let me, I'll rephrase it. What's it like being on the set of a movie compared to uh, what it's like being on, on a set of a TV show? Well, being on the set of the Twilight films is uh, not exactly like being on the set of other films. Um, it's uh, that that was that was pretty wild, man. Because um, 
you know, listen, I mean, it, it's just, it obviously has such a, such an impact in our, in our culture. Um, you know, somehow, um, we, I, I don't know how this kept happening, but, you know, we, we would shoot at these secret locations and then either, either fans or the press or somebody would figure out where we were and then, it, and then it, it just madness ensued. Uh, we had to hire a lot of security. I mean, I, you know, Kristen had to have like, I mean, she, like for instance, when we did the wedding sequence, um, you know, we shot that in the middle of the in the the forest, and like a, a paparazzi guy in a helicopter found us somehow, and um, and was and, and like we didn't want to spoil that for the like that's that's one of those things that's kind of neat for the fans to see for the first time on screen. You don't want to spoil something like that. You don't want to spoil her dress. You don't want to spoil like the you know the ring that he gives her. Like there's certain things you want to save for when you actually see it. Um, so yeah, she literally had like they had like five umbrellas around her uh, at all times whenever she was outside, uh, just so you know no one could see it. And we just kind of had to sit there and, and and wait for this helicopter to, to go away, um, and for like a couple hours, and we couldn't shoot anything. Um, so listen, that you know, usually it's not like that to work on a film. Um, working on TV is is fun for a different reason kind of depending on your role I mean doing doing guest spots is great because you're just you're in and out um, it's uh, you know it's 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 quick relatively easy and uh, and a, a just a good way to make a living frankly um, that's those those guest spots are really what help get me through the, the year from a financial standpoint um, and just the way things are going in the industry now um, it, it's on the one hand a, a really exciting time to be an actor um, because uh, there's just so many outlets. There's so many. There's so many ways to get uh, projects funded, um, and uh, and and to get your stuff out there. I mean, if you want to get something out there in some capacity or another, you can. Um, but at the same time, like actors really don't have because of that, they don't have the same leverage that they used to either. Um, so it's it's a very interesting time. It's an exciting time uh, to be making films and TV shows. And I feel like the way the industry is now, it's gonna start to weed out um, the people who don't who don't really belong, <laughs> frankly. Because um, at this point, you know, if you're in it, you got to be in it for the right reasons. Otherwise, it's just it's just too hard, man. It's 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 there's too much going on. There's it's too much of a grind. Um, so I love it. Uh, I I love TV shows and films. Really, I just like working on good stuff with with good people. You know. Um, and uh, I've been lucky enough uh, to be able to do that throughout, you know, a good portion of my career so far. And you've probably seen, I mean, with the economy going south a couple years ago, and then, I mean, you've probably seen how it changed directly. I mean, I mean, as far as the model, I mean, with with actors, actors having less leverage than they used to have it back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you bring up the economy and, and the correlation between that and film because, um, I mean, that's that's always been. Uh, you know, prevalent in the in the film industry. Um, I, when the first Twilight film came out, it was 2008, which is really when stuff started to go south. Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence that Twilight was that successful at that time because it is it is it very much plays into you know fantasy and escapism and and all of these other elements. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence that that was that successful uh, at a time when everything else was just going to hell. Right. Um, and then. Uh, you know, and then and then it was interesting to see too, because I, I did the Twilight um, conventions for about two and a half years, and uh, <clears throat> eventually that kind of died down too, uh, again for economic reasons, because people just could not 
justify spending that kind of money on on really anything for for a while there. I mean, it was it, you know people remember it was it was it was rough. It's getting better, but you know it's still not it's still not ideal in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I, listen, I, I think there's always been kind of a a correlation between like kind of what's going on in society, you know, particularly economically, and, and the kind of films that we end up that we end up seeing. Interestingly enough, I think I think we're seeing more. Um, I don't want to say pessimism. Yes, I do. I think we're seeing more pessimism kind of in television and cinema than, than ever before. More sort of uh, dark shows, more sort of like gray area, uh, moral, you know, moral gray areas, um, and, uh, and more kind of anti-heroes. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, a lot of that has to do with just kind of how people feel like the way things are going in our world right now. You've done sci-fi, comedy, and some drama. Do you have a preference for either? And is there something you haven't done yet that, that you'd like to be doing when it comes to acting? Um, yeah, I mean, each genre kind of presents its own challenges. Strangely enough, you know, I, I did a lot of, like, sitcoms as a kid, and, and uh, I had a real sense for it. Um, for some reason, as an adult, I, I haven't... That, that I feel like I need to redevelop that sense. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of like super kind of you know dark and intense stuff uh, in in more recent years. Um, I, I was I was getting away from that a little bit. I was I was doing more just kind of normal normal guys. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, listen, I, I <laughs> really I just want to explore uh, the different elements of uh, of kind of myself, and then um, as an extension of that of, of humanity, because I th I mean that's that's what's fun about acting for me is um is is finding these these different things within me because i really do believe like that, I, mean, I had an acting teacher once tell me that like a, a single drop in the ocean contains all elements of the entire ocean meaning essentially what's in one of us is in all of us um potentially so um you can find ways in that regard to empathize with any human being. I mean, not sympathize, but but empathize. You can understand um, how people get to where they where they get in in, in life, um, and it's a it's a fun thing to explore. Um, so I don't necessarily have a preference in terms of in terms of genre or in terms of um, the the type of role I play. I just you know I I really just want to contribute to good stories uh, more than anything else, um, and. Uh, and yeah, and just continue to explore uh, those different elements of, of humanity. It's just, it's very interesting to me. Human beings are endlessly uh, fascinating to me. Um, so uh, it's, it's something that I don't think I'll ever <laughs> get like bored you, with, you know? I like what you said about your acting, like to explore the human condition. That's just, yeah. you know. There's a constant evolution to, the, to humanity in general, and being able to, to have an opportunity to put that out there in a form of entertainment. And, and there's, there's, there's got to be something that you've been itching to play or something you've been wanting to try. Is there, you know, if you could have the dream script show up on your, you know, at your agent's table tomorrow morning? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, there are certain kind of like, I mean, I'll give, I'll give you a direct example. You know, when I, I auditioned for uh, There Will Be Blood, the, you know, the, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and Man, like that that role, the Daniel Plainview role. Uh, th I mean, there are certain things that you look at and go, "Man, I, I would I would love to get the opportunity uh, 
to play something like this someday um, and and to, to really reach you know that that level of depth um, as an actor man it's 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 rare but when it happens it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch and it, and it takes someone with the, that kind of talent to be able to pull it off so um, you know I, I, I definitely feel like things have progressed um, in my career kind of the way they were they were meant to I, I think uh, the opportunities have presented themselves when I've been ready for them you know um, I feel I feel pretty ready though man I feel pretty ready to, to take on uh, whatever whatever's thrown at me um, I'm really I'll be honest with you I'm really excited for like because I'm like 27 now I'm, I'm excited to be like like around 33 35 I feel like that's when I'll really like I don't know like I because I get these 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 uh, you know these opportunities they come in and I look at them and 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 I'm just going man and not to say like in a few years things will be better necessarily but I just feel like um, that's when you really get a chance to play some of these these really kind of meaty roles and and uh, yeah so so I you know I don't know it's it's a good question I, I don't I don't necessarily um, think about like oh well this is the one sort of role I would like to play I'll, I'll look at certain careers and I'll say, like, like Michael Shannon, for instance, is a guy that I really would love to model my career after. You know what I mean? Like, he's got, he's got Boardwalk Empire to sort of take him through the year. Um, and then to supplement that, he does all these really interesting, like, independent films, um, playing really interesting characters. And then he's also in Superman. You know what I mean? And, like, the bad guy. I, so a career like that um, would just, just be awesome. Um, would you, um, How about when Starlight your goose? Would you want to play in Stargate again? Of course. Okay. Maybe, maybe get the Jack or the Jack. Sure. Oh, I thought you meant to revive this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that yeah. would be good, too. But they're supposedly rebooting back to the movie. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny, like, after... I, I, I had a chance to test for Atlantis. But it, I would have had to not be in the Twilight movies. Oh. So it was one of those like, oh man, I, no, no, not at all. Um, no, if I was going for the money, I would have gone for Atlantis. But it was like, um, <laughs> but no, it was. Uh, it just, I just was like, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know where this thing is going to go. I don't want to abandon this ship yet, you know. Um, but yeah, but no, I would. This, Stargate's amazing. Oh, for, for what you did in this, couldn't you have done it? Because um, this was only, you, you'd only be off set for a few hours, for a few weeks. I know, but that's, yeah, it, it's... Unless the, unless the scheduling crossed. Yeah, I, I talked to them. I talked to them about it, yeah, yeah. contract-wise. Yeah, because um, they wouldn't, neither, they're both too big a machine for either one of them to have been able to accommodate. Yeah, um, but uh, anyway, um, <laughs> would you, uh, but yeah, I would, to answer your question, are they... Uh, I was talking about some of this the other day, like yeah, because they're gonna do they're gonna what do it the trilogy from the originals? Yeah. Dude, I'd love to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shifting to dark and gritty to something a little more light, but something that I I really enjoyed in. Um, yeah. As a huge Stargate fan, one of my favorite episodes is Fragile Balance. It, it's easy in my top f ten, maybe in my top five. Yeah. A huge reason for that is your performance as a young Jack O'Neill. I thought you you channeled him or whatever you did. You, you just ha had him down. Um, what did you do to prepare for that role? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, yeah, it, it, it was a really good episode. I mean, first of all, it was just really well written. Um, the, uh, the director of that episode was, was uh, Peter DeLuise, who 
had been working on that show from the beginning, so he knew that character as well as anybody. So um, I, I just I worked really closely with him. First of all, when I auditioned, I had not seen the show. Um, I just sort of created a character that made sense to me based on the description and the material. Um, and then they once they cast me and I got up there uh, to Vancouver, um, I uh, you know like I said worked very closely with Mr. Deluise and I, I just watched tapes of the show. Uh, they gave me about three or four episodes, and for about three days. I just crammed. I mean, I just watched over and over and over again. Um, you know, Richard would he would do a line, I would rewind it, do it myself, watch it. I mean, literally just like for hours. Um, and the thing about him, I mean, he's so. <laughs> it's just such. He, he's a unique performer, obviously, and it's such an iconic character. Um, and it's very, it's very deliberate. I mean, his his mannerisms, his way of talking, his. His sensibility, a sense of self—it's all very, very deliberate. And the thing that's that's electric about it is that you don't know from one moment to the next what is going to come out of this guy. I mean, he could be doing something so small and so simple, uh, or you know, just like explode in, into some like huge character thing, like a second later. Like you just have no idea. Um, now, the one thing that I would say is that for me, I mean. The, I feel like the one element that I, I maybe not necessarily missed, but but going back now and if uh, knowing what I know and having more time, probably would have liked to work on a little bit more or at least tweak. Is that in addition to his deliberate sense, he also has a real sense of like free flowing kind of freedom uh, that goes along with that. And I I I didn't really hit on that aspect of it. I mean, I every movement, every line was very methodically kind of planned out um, because you know there was there's a built-in expectation about this character so I, I had to I had to stick to that I had to deliver what the audience expects to see from from that character you know um, so it was uh, it was a fun process it was an interesting process I mean what a what an opportunity man for a young actor to, to play that role I mean such a such a great character that that RDA created and um, it was just it was a real gift uh, to, to do that you don't really get opportunities like that as an actor very often even as an adult actor so um, very grateful I had the chance to do it in doing some research for this interview you're not just a successful actor but but you, you care about the world around you and I see you have uh, the, the crowd rise project uh, can you please tell us about that uh, yeah, thanks for bringing it up. Man. I, I, well, yeah, I work with an organization called Thirst Project. Uh, they build uh, clean water wells in, in developing countries. They work in 11 different countries around the world. Um, they are the world's largest youth-oriented clean water organization. Um, primarily, they speak at high schools and colleges. Uh, I've had a chance to, to speak at high schools and colleges and, and engage students and, uh, and let them know kind of what's going on in the world as far as uh, clean water is concerned. And, and, and what we can do about it. Because, you know, unlike a lot of other problems, this, this problem really isn't that complicated. It's really not that controversial. And it's very simple to fix. You know, people don't have clean water and we can get it to them pretty easily and, and for not a lot of money. Um, so the particular campaign you're talking about, the, the crowd rise, that's something I did uh, for my birthday last year. Um, and we, we did. We, we raised enough money. The goal was 12000 We hit it. Um, and that money went to uh, 
build a well in a country called uh, Swaziland, which is a small nation just north of South Africa, and, and from that well, about 400 people um, are going to have clean water, uh, local access to clean water for the rest of their lives, along with their children, grandchildren, grandchildren. like it's going to be in that community forever. Um, so, and it's, it's, it's great, and I actually, it takes, the whole process, once a well is funded, it takes about a year to actually come back to the people who funded it to show like photos and videos and kind of a before and after of this community and the impact it's had. So we're coming up on that year. So I'll actually be able to report back to people pretty soon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it, listen, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a great organization. Uh, I, I love what they do. I love how they do it. And, uh, I've, I've been a part of it for, for about five years and, you know, I just, I just sort of figured, um, I mean, I am I am in a position to be able to bring awareness, um, a, a unique position um, that uh, is again just another opportunity. Um, so I I like this cause and and specifically I, I kind of like what Thirst Project is doing about it. So I, I just I've kind of put all my eggs in in that basket charity wise. I mean, there are other things I support, but they're the ones I really kind of put my put my weight behind. You know. Yeah, yeah. One last clash question for you. I see you're, you're coming back to do more uh, in the sci-fi horror genre this fall in the, in the show Z Nation. Can you, can you give us, tell us a little bit about that? Man, you're hitting everything. I love it. I <laughs> appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's great. It's a, it's a zombie show. Uh, it's going to be coming out to sci-fi in September. Uh, I'm very excited about it. It's got an awesome cast. Uh, Harold Penneroo from Lost, Tom Everett Scott, Kalita Smith. Um, it's uh, our showrunner, Carl Schaefer, a creator and writer. Uh, he did The Dead Zone. He did Eureka. He's got a great track record. Um, and uh, Sci-Fi is very excited about it. I just I just met the head of Sci-Fi the other day. Um, the uh, the Asylum, uh, this, the studio behind it, they're very excited about it. This is the first TV show they've ever done. Um, I've worked with them before. They, they, they've got a, a great track record as far as uh, successful projects. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's really good, and I, I will say specifically about the show. I mean, listen, it's 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 super fast paced. It's fun. It's action adventure. Um, it uh, it I don't, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also deals with a lot of very dark and disturbing and serious subject matters about like kind of you know what would be left of humanity four years into a zombie apocalypse, and a lot of it's pretty ugly. Um, so I'm I'm part of a group of uh, of survivors, and we kind of have this mission and and. Uh, we're going from New York to California, so it's kind of a road trip show, at least in this first season. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I just kind of play a young, you know, like athletic kid, kind of out of college. He was like a hockey player in college, um, and he and he came out of this, and he's um, basically gone through the whole apocalypse with this girl. Uh, and it's it's really kind of a two of them against the world thing, as far as he's concerned. But they are part of this larger group. And, and anyway, like I said, you know, tonally, um, it's. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun, man. I, I think first and foremost, uh, people are gonna have a good time watching it. And and I would almost say, and I haven't seen an episode yet, so I can't say this with full confidence. But I almost think it's almost more like a dark, twisted, like you know, Firefly or SG One as opposed to like Walking Dead. You know, Walking Dead is is one of the best shows on TV. I love that show, but what we're doing is very very different. Um, you know, this is not a this is not a show that's particularly cerebral or deals with a lot of moral dilemmas. We're kind of past all that. You know, this is like four years in. Everyone knows who they are. Everyone is a eighth degree black belt zombie killer at this point. Nobody's afraid of zombies. 
Um, so it's really more about the interactions between uh, between human beings and these um, you know these little uh, these little adventures we get to go on week after week. So it, it's fun, man. I hope people give it a shot. Pioneering for zombies. What's that? Pioneering for zombies. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to check it out. Th thank cool. you so much for your time. It's a pleasure talking so with you. Much. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food, the service, and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or send an mp3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page facebook.com slash sci-fi diner we'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show if you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com <laughs>